In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every other Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. has agreed to join the psychic story to talk about his story as a psychic, but also the journey that he and others have gone on throughout it all. And so very excited to talk to him as a psychic medium, advisor, life coach, and intuitive investigator. Welcome to the show, Troy. Thanks for having me on. So what got you started into your psychic intuitive line of work? What's the story about Troy? Well, what got me into this line of work was obviously meant to be a coincidence for me. And that was about almost 15 years ago. I was at a friend's gift shop getting a card for my wife's anniversary. And she does uh, card readings there, which I don't do any divination tools. So I don't do cards. So there got a card. A friend of hers came in and her name was Diana and introduced us. And Diana asked if I was a psychic. I never used that word, paid much attention to it, although I knew I had gifts. And for some reason, I said yes. She told me that she was working on a missing person case for the Bronx Police Department and asked me what I thought. And subconsciously, it just flowed through that it was a murder and boyfriend and who was in a crawl phase when he hit her with the killer out to where the buried that body was buried at out in Long Island. And so about three and a half, four weeks later, I stopped by the gift shop again and to find out that I was pretty accurate on the case and that the Diane, who was referred to me, the psychic worker on it, told the Bronx Police Department that I was the one that had this information. And so she probably lost that account and didn't want to speak to me anymore. So with that being said, dumbfounded, you know, I didn't do anything, didn't know why she didn't want to speak to me, don't know where it came from. Another case came to me of a girl missing in New Carolina and uh, worked on that case and was really accurate on that. So I spent about a month or so soul searching, praying, asking what I should be doing and just came to the conclusion through my prayers and meditation that this is my calling. So that's how I actually got involved in this. And so as a whole, like what was going through your mind when she asked you about the case? Like, how do you get in the mindset to get the information and or any of your cases, really, and start to dive in? Because I know different mediums, psychics and intuitives, they use different types of tools. And we're all different about how we can tap into our sixth sense or what I like to call probably my like more like our 20 second sense, because we have so many that we haven't necessarily, you know, um, tapped into or acknowledge. How do you get into that mindset? 
So for me, it just comes naturally. So when I had that conversation at the gift shop, it was just naturally came through. Didn't know where it came from. But these days, 15 years later, you know, it just comes naturally. I don't use any tools. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't use what people consider psychic tools. So what happens to me is that when I get a case, I have to connect through the victim. And once I do that, then I just want a picture of them, the missing person flyer um, or a regular picture and last known location. Um, at that point, I just let my intuition guide me by usually starting just looking on Google Maps at the last known location. And then I just let the intuition guide me. As you know, being intuitive, and a lot of people know, and some that don't, is it doesn't all come at once. So we have to take it as it comes. So I see pictures, places, things. I can remote view. So once I have the last known location, I'll let my intuition guide me. Until I get a location I want to look into more, I'll go to Google Earth and kind of spread it out to see what's around there. But again, I just have pictures, places, things that come through me. And that's how I really get started. When you are getting that information and you said that it's like intuitive um, for people that may or may not have experienced it before, is that intuition more of like that gut feel or do you also see things in your mind's eye and so forth? So for me, it's not really a gut feel. You know, I've done it for so long that it just comes naturally that I don't know any difference. So for me, um, I just receive the pictures, places, things, names is what I receive. So I just have to put everything together. So, you know, I used to say it was always a gut feeling. Sometimes it is on other things. But for me, once I connect, it just flows naturally. So, you know, I know other people work differently. It's just for me, it's just natural. It's just part of who I am because I've never been in a development class. I've never been to a psychic teaching class. So for me, it's just natural. I don't know any difference. And was there anyone in your family that they experienced the same thing? Or was are you the first person in your family to have these abilities? I think my grandmother was intuitive, but she passed away when I was very, very young. Um, but besides that, you know, I, I think she was, but I have no idea if anybody else was. Yeah, because in my instance, my family, for those who haven't listened to an episode before, my family on both sides, they all have kind of different abilities or modalities, however you want to talk about it. And so as a child growing up, I was blessed with the ability to, or the opportunity, I should say, to experience it and have somebody confirm it or at least not just, you know, discredit what I was feeling and so forth. What's interesting is I have a mother from another mother out here in Los Angeles when I lived in Colorado and I met her in 1984, 85. And I would come out to visit and do some work out here. And she would always give me those books about how to develop your psychic gifts or what about being psychic. And I always thought, well, that's strange. So I would drive back out to the airport. When I got to the car rental place, I would just throw them in the trash. What am I going to do with them? So she knew way before I did or before I was willing to accept anything. And so, so 30 years later, I finally had to come out and say, you know, all those psychic books you gave me, I threw them away. So she knew. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it's good. Like, I think that, again, like you said, it's the path that you were going to be on and that you prayed for it. And then you were able to bring a sense of closure to people that have gone through it. And some may look at it and say, well, why even bring in a psychic? But I don't think that what people... Me personally, thank goodness, I've never experienced something like a kidnapping or a murder or whatever, where there's something that's been just hanging over you as a friend or a family member and you have to go through such a tragedy. And when you're in that, I can only imagine that you want answers. So if you're not getting those answers, whether they're from the police or even the police themselves, 
And we know that, you know, in the past, FBI and CIA even and, and police have reached out to psychics for when they haven't gotten the leads that they need to get. And so I think that that's just something that, and sometimes they come out with, just like I would imagine any investigation, not necessarily all the answers because, I mean, you can argue and look at things, especially when you don't have all the pieces of the puzzle together, you know? Right. And sometimes that happens. You know, first of all, when you deal with law enforcement, FBI, they're not going to say that a psychic helped solve the case just because of what the community or other people's perception would be that they couldn't solve it, that they have a psychic do it. But a lot of times when I work with law enforcement, I do a lot of validation. So people need to understand that when law enforcement contacts somebody like me, we don't ever get to see the case file and we don't get much information on the case. And they can't do that because it's an active case that's still being worked. So again, just give me the flyer and some, you know, name, platform, location. A lot of times what I do for those type people, um, if I don't go out and investigate on my own, it's a lot of validation of what they already know. So, you know, they're on the right path. I have the same information that I'm getting that they look, same suspects, things along those lines. Every case is a little bit different. And when they reach out to you, is it something where they are, well, obviously some people have your contact information, right? And they just reach Mm -hmm. out normally, but are there also like family or friends or how does somebody just usually get in contact with you? So I get about eight to 10, maybe sometimes 12 inquiries a day. And it comes off my website or it comes off Facebook or it comes from a referral. So they just continually come. A lot of them find me on the internet. Um, I had a gal the other day that it was her daughter. And I said, well, how'd you find me? And she said that her daughter led me to her. And so she knew what she was looking for, didn't know my name, but just found me on the internet. So people that have crossed over can refer to me. So it comes from just a wide range of, of different sources. So this woman out of New York and her family never heard of me before in their life. This felt like her daughter directed her and I was the one that they were supposed to speak to. Yeah, they really do leave us signs and give us messages from the other side and help us in in their transition, I should say, in helping their mm-hmm. loved ones who they leave behind, especially if something has been, you know, has happened in, in a tragedy or something. What are some of the things that you would say, for me, I've actually been to psychics, I've had readings myself, um, I've, I've done them for other people, not that that's my full time job. But sometimes like what it, the way I like to explain it is it's almost like a radio signal. So sometimes you have a really good day and you're on and it also depends on so many things, how open you are, how open the other person is. And the signal can be strong or weak. In some cases, we had some technical difficulties even catching up together for the last. That's the way I kind of see it. But when I've gone to people, I can tell pretty early on whether or not that person is being legitimate in terms of psychic readings and and so forth, only because there are kind of telltale signs of how they're reading me, right? Like usually it's what's your birth date, all these other things. And so... Your tips that if somebody were looking for a um, a psychic or a medium to help them with a case that you would recommend that they look that they look for as far as credibility goes. Well, I'm a lot like you that I don't let people read for me, and I, I tell people this a lot. And it's not that I'm better than anybody in what I do or who who I am as a person, but. I can go to these psychic fairs, and I've done this for years. I don't go every year, of course. Um, But I can walk past all the readers and tell you who the real ones are and who aren't the real ones. 
So, you know, my advice to people, if they're real, is you know, really focus on what type of reading you want. So if you go to a psychic and they're asking for your birthday, things like that, are they doing an astrology reading? Um, because, you know, I don't understand astrology myself overall, so I'm not looking for an astrology reading. So they don't need my birthday, in my opinion. The other thing that you have to do is I think that you have to observe the reader, even over the phone. If you schedule an appointment for a reader, you know, meet them, say hi to them first before you start a reading and use your gut feeling. So you mentioned gut feeling earlier. You've got to use your gut feeling. But, you know, if you if you can talk to the reader, you'll get a gut feeling if they're good or not. And that's really the best way you can go. So you really don't know if a reader's really good being a lay person or if they're not until you actually read with them. Uh, again, some can be off on one day. I may not pick up energy on you. I may pick it on somebody else. If if I see somebody that's so heavily into the cards, you know, that's the turnoff for me. A lot of people like the cards. It's, and it's fine for them. It's, it's also something visual and entertaining. But, you know, I feel like if it's a true intuitive, they don't necessarily need the cards. So, for example, when I'm at a psychic fair and I see a reader that's using cards, you know, I see readers that'll put out one card. And then go with the flow, you know, you know, here's what I've got to say, blah, 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 blah. And then they'll put out another one or you have readers that just spread them all out. You know, what is it? Eight cards. I don't know what they spread out. And then they just go card to card to card to card to card. Is that a real reader, a real intuitive? I don't know. You know, I, I obviously don't know. I haven't read for them. But my gut feeling is no, because they're using the cards, which all have meaning instead of, you know, just using it maybe for starter or, you know, let's look at this. You know, when I do general readings, I kind of have a wheel that I work off to make sure we talk about your career, your money, your life, you know, family, friends, because it all is equal. Um, but those are words. It's not using cards that have a meaning. So you really have to go with your gut feeling on what you feel. And a lot of it is it's energetic feeling. So if you don't feel it, then don't go to them. Yeah. And for what you were saying too, especially I love the fact that you're you're saying use your gut feeling, use your intuition, but also I can imagine a lot of times, even myself included, when I can't get a read on something in my own life, sometimes I will, you know, occasionally reach out and say, well, I need almost more validation that I'm going in the right direction, more or less. And I think when you use something like that, and it's not an end all be all, like it's an oracle, then that can right. certainly help you along. And in order to also, I would imagine, select something, it's almost kind of like if you were, I hate to minimize it, but it's almost like a friendship or a relationship or a dating situation where where either you hit it off or you don't with that person. And also you want to mm -hmm. make sure that they're not necessarily using leading questions. Like for example, I don't like a lot of information and I will give the information. And then when I'm giving the information, if then somebody, and then I'll say, well, I'm not really sure if this is meaningful to you because sometimes this stuff is random, right? And so all you need to, or I need to know personally is, okay, well, is this resonating with you? Or if I feel like I need a, an answer in order to get a slight piece of information, not something like, do you know a David? I mean, how many people know David's in their lives <laughs> or whatever, right? You know, those leading questions to me are a little bit weird. However, if I'm like all of a sudden an image of sunflowers pops in my mind or I'm seeing flowers being delivered on a regular basis, in which case there was a woman that I did just a healing on for Reiki and I had no idea and I mentioned sunflowers and she just started tearing up and I said, are you okay? And that was a sign from her daughter who had passed on that she wanted to give her because of the sunflowers and that it's a very specific, but yet random enough 
where it was a validation mm-hmm. for her versus me saying. Sure. And you and I read a lot together. And I'm glad you're bringing that up because, you know, for me too, in my mediumship reading, you know, I don't channel people, first of all, so I don't summon people. They just come naturally. Again, through pictures, I'll explain who they are. But, you know, a lot of time when people cross over, um, if it's not a tragedy per se, it could be. But then at the burial, you know, we don't cross over to what a lot of people consider as heaven. Um, and I'll explain that in a minute. Our soul, our spirit still hangs around and sees things. So a lot of times I can say, you know, I had a reading the other day. And I'll tell you one that I didn't connect. I had a reading the other day. Um, this lady's son passed away just on the 8th of December from an illness. And I said, tell me about the note you put in his pocket in the casket. You know, of course, she breaks down because she did put a note in his pocket. And I said, you know, he still, yeah, he still has that note. You know, again, so like you, that's my validation. One thing that I really hate is when you go to a psychic and they're like, does it make sense to you? Do you understand that? Does it make sense to you? Do you look, you know, <laughs> are you fishing? Are you validating? What's it? I don't need, I don't have to do all those validations. I'm just going to tell you what comes through. Like you said, with the sunflowers, I'm just going to tell you what comes through. It may not make sense to you. Um, it may be something that you pick up later. But my job isn't to really, I think when you do a lot of those questions about, do you get this? Do you get that? Do you get that? Does it make sense? You're trying to validate your own self right? and not really the person you're helping. And so that really bothers me. And again, like we talked a few minutes ago, it's like I had a reading just this morning. I couldn't connect. I can't do it all the time. I just got nothing from it, but I am the one, and this is where I think we get a lot of bad exposure and names to, is if I can't connect or help you, I'm not going to keep the fee you paid me. I'm going to give it back to you because, again, I can't help everybody, and if I can't help you, it's not fair for me to try, where, again, if you want a really good intuitive, they won't try if they can't do it. I mean, they'll try. I try, but if I can't do it, I'm not going to continue and just try to throw things out there. I can't do it. So those are the other things that you have to watch out for is all that energy and that vibe. Again, my validation like yours is you have the sunflowers. I have the note. Um, I get birds. I get this. I get, you know, and those are just the validations. As we go through the reading, something else may come up. And also tell me why, tell me who used to say this all the time. You know, and it can be somebody different because when we cross over, we have so many people around us. And as I mentioned, when we cross over, we're in a society that religion is very important. And for most people, religion is very black and white. So when we cross over, I always explain to people the reason I think we could connect primarily with the people on the other side is because if you're religious in the Bible, heaven isn't created till revelation. So we're not in our final resting place. Scientists are finding a lot of planets that resemble Earth. So is it too hard to believe that when our soul, our spirit leaves our physical body on this Earth, that we don't go to another planet or another world that's similar to what we have here? And if that's the case and heaven isn't created yet, then we're not in our final resting place. So why can't we communicate? We're still out here spiritually. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we may have different views on heaven and hell. I think that I don't have all the answers. If I haven't experienced it and I don't have the answer, I'm not going to say that I necessarily have it. So I do believe that there's a God. I don't necessarily believe in the true, or I would say the hard and fast definition of what most people think of as heaven and hell. I think of our spirit as continuously evolving. Whatever that Mm -hmm. is that we are, we're all connected somehow, which is why if we better ourselves, Mm -hmm. we better others and so forth. I don't necessarily know. You're right. We could be going into a different dimension. We could be going to a different planet. We could be 
whatever that next phase or that evolution is of our energy and that um, step in our soul, soulfulness and our soul process is one thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know that piece, but I do think that if I had the question on, is there a heaven and hell? I do feel that everyone has a chance to be good, but there are some people and some things out there that are just, there's a balance of the yin and the yang, right? And whether there's heaven on earth or hell on earth or whatever that is, it's a making of our own energy and our own manifestations. And so in that case, I believe in a heaven and hell, but it's more of like a positive, negative outweighing the good and bad thing. I agree with you. You know, the thing is when we cross over, as you said, in a different way, our journey continues. So we are ever evolving. And what is our next journey? We won't know until we go there, right? But we are ever evolving and continuing our journey in this life and beyond. As far as, you know, the heaven and hell, I have mixed feelings on that. But I don't think everybody goes to what people consider heaven. Um, I don't really know necessarily about hell. And then when you say, can they ask for forgiveness? I had a case years ago where it was a, um, a man that was actually an alcoholic and caused problems in bars. And so he was at this bar and they kicked him out of the bar because he was drunk and rude and obnoxious. And he was so mad that he went to his truck and pulled out a pistol out of the glove compartment box with the intentions of going back up to the bouncer to shoot and kill him. So he pulled out the gun and his wife said he would do that and headed up to the bouncer with the gun pointed at the bouncer. And the off-duty police officer security guard shot and killed him. Is he going to what people consider heaven? It may just be my human belief, but I don't think so because he had the intentions of killing somebody else. And, you know, how do you pray for that? How do you pray, you know, because it was so instant that you were killed by trying to kill somebody else? Is there a chance to pray? I don't know. So that particular person, just because I, not just because of that situation, but when I had this reading with his wife, it was like the evil things that he did his entire life. So he was not a good guy. So can I believe that you just go, hey, I did this. Am I coming over? No, I think he's out there in the limbo stage somewhere, whatever limbo is. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up about limbo because whatever exactly that is, the in air quotes, that definition is what I tend to believe. So I do feel that there is ultimate forgiveness or there has to be, and maybe not for me, right? I'm not that evolved. There's a process that we go through, I should say, to get to that point of forgiveness. There is true love. It exists somewhere out there that sometimes it can then manifest and help, whether that's a soul of evolution from being negative or, or in an evil spot or, or on a level over on. And that place I would imagine and the way I kind of think about it is it's almost like a school where you go back and not to use the word rehabilitation, but it is a, okay, well, what did you, what happened while you were here in this lifetime? What lessons did you learn? Where are you going? And like you said, if whether it's in a different dimension plane, what have you um, plan and even then that is what we are doing as far as bettering ourselves. But it's not an either or like you're going to be burning in hell. You're going to be flying along the clouds and the sky with the angels necessarily. There's levels that it goes in terms of how it is that we're getting there. Absolutely. Absolutely. agree with you 100%. So in this particular reason, I didn't feel like he's gone anywhere. I don't think in that particular time, and it's been years ago, he may have passed on. But I didn't feel like he's answered for what he's done just from picking up what he was in real life. And so, you know, maybe he has crossed on now to whatever the, you know. So, yeah, I just didn't feel like at the time that he has accepted what he did, I guess is the right word. So he's kind of stuck. And doesn't mean that he can't go, you know, towards the light instead of the darkness. I don't know. At that point, I just felt like he wasn't either or. 
And the only thing in those situations that I imagine you probably talked to his wife about or others as well is that there's what we can do is kind of release it and let it go as much as we can mentally, physically, or spiritually, Mm -hmm. emotionally, and just let them be because that is not our fight to necessarily fight for them. That is just something that Mm -hmm. they need to, you know, evolve themselves and work on themselves to do. Absolutely. And in terms of like, just kind of like shifting gears, are there anything like, have you ever gotten information and proactively reached out to someone. The reason I bring this up is I, again, I mentioned um, listening to some podcasts and watching some, you know, shows on the TV and streaming channels that we have nowadays. I feel like true crime and and all these other things are just so heightened right now in our society for whatever reason. Um, we could debate that all day, right? But ultimately, I've mm-hmm. never really kind of dived into that um, or into that genre, I should say, until I, I feel like the podcast world is con- completely exploded with true crime. And so it's almost kind of like reading a book because you're not watching a movie, you're not seeing visuals of things like pictures, images, you know, maps and so forth. And then feeling like you're or getting the narration where then with in conjunction with those images, you then are almost kind of taken down a path. I feel like if you're, I'm listening to a story or reading it, then I it's up to me to kind of visualize that and see how I feel about it a little bit more. So what was happening to me recently is I was getting information from podcasts, um, from stories about some of these true crimes. Some of them were cold cases. Some of them had actually been solved. And the ones that had been solved, what was interesting to me now, it was hit or miss. Like, I'm not saying I was super good at it or anything of that nature. But what was interesting is that as I was picturing things, sometimes things would pop in my head. And then later on, it would either be validated or, or so forth to say, okay, well, this person was found in water or this, that and the other. So I asked, have you gotten information of other cases or other situations where then you've been proactive in giving that information because I usually don't get only get that proactive information if it's a family or friend member who knows my abilities or like I said if I'm like watching Mm -hmm. something or listening to something and I'm just not intentionally but accidentally kind of tapping into it and I get the message or the information. Yeah that happens to me a lot too. A little bit different than me is I don't watch those shows and for me what's a little bit different I used to watch those shows on TV and stuff. And within the first five, 10 minutes, I would blurt out to my wife exactly how it's going to end. So that didn't work. That didn't work well for her. And, you know, I got to the point where, man, I could have done something else for the last 50 minutes. So I stopped watching those. But yes, what you said is I do have things come to me um, that I have to let people know. Mm -hmm. Because there's like, there's the debate kind of in our supernatural or our intuitive world that most people will say, well, if you weren't given permission or you didn't receive that information on purpose, like then you shouldn't necessarily reach out. And I feel differently. I feel like there's a difference between intentionally taking over someone's space or getting those messages where you're almost kind of like, I like I try and tell, explain to my friends and family, I can't read you really unless I have your permission, right? So I'm not like scanning you like intentionally and trying to catch you. And like, that's not what it is that I do. But if I am given a message, I am inclined to think it's your higher self, it's your guides or your angels, or it's something that they've been trying to get a message to you or your loved ones on the other side. They've been trying to get a message to you and you just haven't been able to proactively get it. Just like the radio waves, sometimes you're at a higher frequency or not and you can just tune in. And so then it is my job. So that's why I asked the question, because I would imagine that if you get it, especially since you're not listening or watching those shows, then it's even more of a inclination that you would want to give somebody 
the results of something. I'm glad you said that. And I have mixed feelings about that. So again, you're a lot like me where I don't read people. It's not my job because you haven't given me permission. Um, In my personal life, my practice, I don't read for family or friends. I will say something like you, if it's something that is important, life-threatening, don't do this. I will say thanks. I did a pilot with the um, production company that produces the Long Island Medium. And for everybody that knows that show, she does read people in public. And when I went and did the pilot with this production company, the first thing that I said to them is everything that you know about the Long Island Medium and how she works, I'm the complete opposite. This is people's personal space. I don't have a right to invade that unless it's something that's going to harm them, um, unless they ask me. So when I see a show like that and it's just going up, that doesn't work for me. That is not why we're supposed to use our gift. So for me, you know, not knocking anybody down. I don't know if she's real. I I don't know if she's not. But that's um, monopolizing um, on other people's feelings and emotions. And I don't subscribe to that at all. Um, For me in my practice, my readings are personal and private. They're not out for the world to see. So a little bit different. And that's the same way. So like you, I have my set of boundaries that I stick by. Um, if I pick up somebody in a dream or a vision that I can make a difference, even when I do my investigative work, I have to believe by looking at this that I can make a difference. If someone comes to me and I think I can make a difference, then yes, I'm going to reach out. Um, and that's okay. But I'm, I'm not going to go in a full mode. I want to call it attack on, but I, I'm not going to bring up personal stuff. I'm just going to say, you know, here's what came to me. This is who I am. If I can help you with anything else, please let me know and then let it go from there. I completely agree. I actually used to watch that show and also others. And what I found interesting is a couple things. One, I'm not knocking, like you said, anybody, but there are certain people that have their styles. And just like some people like to reach out to other, whether you're a Reiki master, an acupuncturist, a psychic, a medium, what, however you define that, what it is that you do, there's a reason that those people exist is for you to reach out. Right. But I will say that a lot of times when I'm like you, when you were walking through the, you know, the psychic fair show and you can kind of tell whether or not somebody's legitimate, that's the same way kind of with me, right? Going back to what you had said earlier about people feeling comfortable is it feels like something that you're led to do to reach out to somebody, whether it's for your personal information or somebody else, like a loved one or something's happened, then you shouldn't necessarily be afraid of it. And just make sure that just like with anything else that you need to be, there are people out there that you know, there are scams. So you do need to be careful from that standpoint. But if you feel comfortable with it, and you don't mind, and they're giving you information, then don't feel like you're crazy asking for it, because we all have this intuitive aspect of ourselves. And just some are a little bit more adapt to tapping into it. Correct. You know, just feel what their energy is. You know, the other thing I used to joke with the production companies, I'm not going to go read people in public, because I don't want some guy knocking me out, right? I mean, (laughs) it could happen. You know, you never know. I'm not a female. So, you know, they may death me before I'm not into it. But I agree with you. If if spirit comes through and you're supposed to say something, then don't be afraid of it. It's just how you approach it. Yeah. And I think there's something different. Like if you are a television show and you have a production aspect and you're out there to make stories and these stories evolve, there is a sense of drama and things that you want to obviously have viewers engaged, right? So I'm not saying it's a fictionalization Mm -hmm. aspect, but... 
Um, I like it to be more private because there are messages sometimes you get that I may not understand or, but it's important. I don't want to say it's a secret, but it's personal to that person. And so Mm -hmm. there's a level of just um, openness and a different set of energy I feel like is exchanged and information given when you can have that more comfortable private space with someone. What are some other tips outside of if somebody is looking for someone and they need, you know, are looking for a reading? What other things like I also try and give if I can, if we are trying to tap into our own abilities, if you have any advice Mm -hmm. for people, especially knowing that you, um, it just been part of who you are for so long that you would share with somebody or that you're being led to share for our listeners. Sure. So what I tell a lot of people that ask me this question is, I asked people to tell me kind of about their experiences. I was on the phone this morning with a gal who was telling me that she's having these dreams from our last conversation where people are coming through. So it's a matter of, well, what are they telling you? we got to put the pieces together. Or she said she was on a business trip and there were four incidents um, that she knew what this person was going to say or what they were going to tell her. And so what I tell people like that, we all have intuition. You should use it, but let it flow naturally. So um, in speaking with this gal today, where an example where she said I was in a comedy club and as soon as I got to the door, I said, who's ever up there is going to call on me? And she said, they called on me. And I said, but that's part of being, you know, intuitive that, you know, it's going to happen. So you have to trust yourself. So start making notes, trust yourself. So what I tell people about developing their own is be open-minded, right? Um, as things happen and you pick up on them being open-minded, which we don't want to close-minded, then maybe make a note and just see where you're at to start learning if it's your intuition or your own personal thought. You have to accept it. I think as we get older, no matter who we are, intuition comes through stronger. And you have to accept that it's part of you. And because you didn't go to cards or you did or whatever, it's natural for you. If you're called to go to a tarot class or a development class, then that's your calling for whatever that may be worth for you. So you have to accept it. So it's really just trusting yourself and not be afraid. The biggest problem with people that, you know, learn on themselves or developing it is they live in a fear. And you got to let that fear go. That's the biggest thing I can tell you. Yeah, it's a very important point is what you basically said is don't discredit how you're feeling, right, on any level. So if you're getting that information, a lot of people in their mind would be like, oh, well, that's just coincidence or that's not something that whatever. And sometimes those little tidbits of information are what help you strengthen it, just like a memory muscle in your brain or you're going to work out and so forth is that you're strengthening that aspect of yourself, that you're giving yourself permission to validate it and that it's okay to Mm -hmm. get that information. And the more you do that, then the more natural it just becomes. That's pretty much, I mean, it sounds simple, but it's really that simple, (laughs) right? It's not because of the way we are brought up in society with religion, society, friends, family, you know, the discounted, the whatever, whatever. It's hard. You know, but again, I would say that, you know, we're all intuition. So let's say that you're at, you know, it's just the holidays and you're at Thanksgiving and, you know, Uncle Eddie's, something's going to happen to him. You know, I just feel like I see him falling over. You know, he's not going to be breathing. Yeah, those are the things that you mentioned. It's how you mention them, but that's your own intuition that you've got to trust. You know, for me, it'd be just something like, can somebody watch him a little bit closely? You know, are you feeling all right? I'm, I'm a little concerned. It's how you approach it. But again, it all comes to trusting yourself and let it flow naturally. Don't question yourself so much. Right. And I truly believe in this day and age now with so many opportunities, it's way different than even when I was growing up in my lifetime about how people are more accepting. I think like you brought up religion. Well, 
I do have friends that are extremely religious on one hand, but they also believe in the supernatural and other things because they feel differently and they just, that's a knowing inside themselves, but they incorporate both in their lives. When I was first growing up, my parents would say, all right, maybe you shouldn't be necessarily telling someone like X, Y, and Z, because that's not something they never said not to feel it, but they just said, like you mentioned, it's a personal thing. It's how you approach it (laughs) versus you just blurting it out and saying, yeah, I'm seeing this, this, and this, and this, because it's not something that's commonplace in our society, especially where we're just sharing all of what we see and feel, right? (laughs) So it can be a little Mm -hmm. bit disheartening from that standpoint. um, If you're getting information, you're not expecting it from like a five-year-old. So I grew up from that where it's like respect your other's boundaries, but also trust your Mm -hmm. own instincts and that's how you will allow it to grow. Correct. I agree with you 100%. Allow it to grow is a key word. You know, don't discount it. Don't poo-poo it. Allow it to grow. See where it takes you. And one of the things I tell people that's so amazing about life is allow yourself to grow because you don't know what's next. You know, the exciting thing about life, I don't know what tomorrow's going to be. I don't know what this year's going to be, next year's going to be. But isn't that the exciting part of life? So if I accept these things to help me grow to be who I am, yeah, go for it, right? What do you got to lose? And that's also a powerful message heading into 2020 in this year is from so many people that I've talked to and even just not even just listening, they've said, this is going to be a very powerful year. And again, that could take a whole nother show or episode about why 2020 and everything. But ultimately, I feel like we're entering this era or this time of change where people are tired of just kind of sitting around and not allowing themselves to grow, or at least maybe that's me being hopeful. And that they will be empowering themselves to face and to go into other situations and other opportunities that they may not have before. Correct. And that's, again, where you just have to let it flow. Yeah. But I do think that that's something hard for people, right? We always say like we're at most of us, especially in the United States, are a type A personalities or we want to be aware if we can't control something in particular, then that's, you know, we we go to school, we get jobs, we get married, we have kids. There's these steps, right? But ultimately, like just let life happen. Isn't that the exciting thing? I think we forget that there is this other aspect of the unknown, that that's what makes life mm-hmm. exciting and also about the evolution of us as people or as spiritual beings. And so that's something mm-hmm. that, you know, and I've had to work on a lot myself because I do like to be in control of a lot of situations, probably because of my intuition and that sort of thing. Like I feel like if I can control certain things, right. But that's also part of mm-hmm. what we're here to do is learn about that growth aspect and not the control aspect of it. So meaning that if I am intuitive, then I can turn it on and off in a lot of ways. Because if you're learning that, just like if I choose to run down the street or not run down the street, then that's something that you can choose to tap into. So just think about it from that standpoint too. And I think mm-hmm. that'll take you a lot is that you can tap into it when you want to after a while, but not like you said, discredit the fact that if you're experiencing it and you are interested in allowing yourself to grow in that way, then there is the opportunity and to just kind of embrace it from that standpoint. I am being led to ask you, yeah, one question, and that's fine. If you're not finished, I can ask it again, but is, are you getting any information for somebody like lit that you feel like is listening right now? That's always a tough thing. So, and I'm going to tell you why. It's because as you said, you can turn it on and you can turn it off, which is something you have to learn. 
So today mine's not on. So what happens with my intuition, and you may do the same thing, is that when I do a reading or a case, when I hang up the phone or close that file, I have to treat it like a business and I'm done. So in this particular interview, it's not a case or a reading. So my intuition, I'm, you know, it's so subconscious to me, like it is probably for you now that I'm not tuning into anything, um, which is kind of nice, actually, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, I guess the reason I asked it is because a lot of times when, and if you've listened to a psychic story for a while, is that you can have a set of questions or I can have a set of questions and you can send them and you can prepare and you can do whatever you want, but it's not scripted. So when we're asking the questions, a lot of times it's led by our spirit or our own intuition about where the conversation is going to take us. So it is a little bit conscious mind and stream of consciousness, what have you. And so maybe Mm -hmm. it's not for a specific person, but I think that there's something that is missing in the conversation, or at least I'm picking up on it, that there's, so we talked about just to kind of recap, like not to be afraid of things, to like allow yourself to be open to the possibilities if you're really interested. And we also talked about what to look for if you're interested in reaching out to someone. So one, how to grow your own intuition, Mm -hmm. but then also if you're looking for somebody to do a reading, but if there was Mm -hmm. something else you felt led as far as a message to share with people that are listening. So maybe it's not specific for a person, but it's more for the general um, population. I think the only thing that's coming to mind as I think about this is we talked about don't be afraid. And if you need to reach out to somebody like us, it's okay. You're not going to go to hell. You're not going to get punished. You know, there's so much hurt out there and being empathetic like I am, we feel a lot of the hurt. And I think really this time of year is very hurtful for a lot of people for past loved ones. But I think the message I have on that point is remember that they're always around us. We have to let them in. So it's the same thing about letting your intuition in. It's a matter of we have to let past loved ones come in. So if you feel a presence, smell something, let them in and don't be afraid. I love that because it is something that more and more throughout my life I've noticed. If you allow yourself to, sometimes we're so grief stricken that in the loss of someone or someone who has passed over that we are, we aren't open necessarily to getting those messages, whether it's a thought of them in our Mm -hmm. minds that come in or that scent of perfume or what have you. But if we allow ourselves to be in, as you mentioned, not try so hard, we can actually still feel their Mm -hmm. energy around us because as you mentioned, their physical body may have left us, but their hearts and their souls and whatever comprised of their personality and who they were to you has not gone away. You can tap into that piece of it and just feel them still nearby and close if you allow yourself to. The other thing that people have to remember, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but in my experience, this is that, you know, when people cross over, we have to give them time to transition. So I get a lot of calls or emails that, oh, my somebody passed away three days ago. I really can't help you because this person is still transferring over and you're in so much grief that it really doesn't matter what's going to come through me. Um, You're not really going to listen. On the other side, sometimes we try to connect and they're still transitioning. You know, because we both believe and we know and not necessarily believe that we go on to our next journey. So it's not just the end. You know, it's like starting a new job or a new relationship. We have to transition into that first. So when people want to call me a few days after somebody passed or a week, you know, let's give them some time. You know, go ahead and call me in about three weeks or four weeks because you've got to grieve first and they need the transition over. 
They're like moving. It's like packing up your house, packing up the boxes. And especially as jarring as it, I can imagine it would be physical to spiritual and everything that they're going through as well as what you're going through. And some people do believe, or they've Mm -hmm. said that there's like a transition time period. I don't know necessarily how much I believe this. I feel like it, to me, what I intuitively feel is that we're all different, meaning that I may stay a day. I may go Mm -hmm. right away to the light. Um, Some people out there really believe when they practice the mediumship aspect is that there's three days. And within those three days, that person who's passed on is staying with their loved ones. And then once there's the funeral, which is why I do think we have a lot of these funeral processes is not just for us physically, but in some way we knew that, right? To have this, the spirit and the soul Mm -hmm. pass on. But I'm not so hard and fast to say it's exactly 72 hours or it's, you know, 48 hours or so forth. I think that it all depends on the situation and how the person also left too and how connected they are to the people around Mm -hmm. them. But you may feel differently. I feel the same way. And it's also on the human side. I tell a lot of people we mourn differently and nobody can tell you how long you're going to mourn for or how you're supposed to mourn. We're all different. So it's the same thing as you said on the other side. I can't give you two days or three days. I don't know. Right. Depends, like you said, on the situation, on the person, just like us. Right. It's our soul, our spirit that mourns. Right. That's that's what mourn. And I don't know how you're going to mourn. I don't know how long it's going to take. I can't tell you that, but I just can't do a reading for you three days later because obviously you are in mourning whether you know you are or not. Um, So, you know, can I tell you that, hey, come back in three days from now, it'll be fine? I can't. So my whole thing with people is go ahead and mourn, but let's connect a little bit further down the line to see where everybody's at to settle into this new norm. Mm -hmm. And that's good, too, because like you said, when they're grieving, you are in a state where you are just desperate to have some sort of answer or closure, or also I would imagine having still some connection with someone who's passed over, which is a very emotional Mm -hmm. thing, but you need to go through the process to where you're feeling more grounded and more of yourself to then be open and receive so that I imagine then it's easier for you as well to tap in to get the messages to share Mm -hmm. with somebody. Um, Like we were talking about before, if, if sometimes I feel completely closed off and I can't even get answers on my own, let alone give a reading or, mm-hmm. or help somebody else. And so that's the part of being human, but also being spiritual is that it's all energy flow. Right. So like you said, yes, if people are interested, give yourselves time and yourselves being yourself mm-hmm. and then also your loved one that you would like to receive messages for because it is a process. Right. And write down questions if you have questions. You know, I love people to ask me questions and make sure I answer their questions. But, you know, the thing is, when we talk about mourning, that's the soul. That's our spirit that mourns. You know, the body is just the shell. And so our spirit leaves the body, which we all know. So it has to mourn. I mean, it's just it's our soul. It's who we are. Um, and all that takes time. I mean, you know, yeah. Can I reach out to people a week later and everything's good? Sure. Sure. But do I want to try it or do I just want to give them a little bit more time to make sure? It's easier for me to say, let's just give it a little bit more time. And some people don't like that. They'll go to somebody else. I get it. But depending on the situation, you could be mad. I mean, you have to go through the five stages of mourning and one of them is being mad and angry. And, you know, let's try to get through some of that first. Um, so that we can have a real connection. Yeah, I, I can see that too. I mean, having been somebody who has, you know, wanted to have a reading like stat, almost like going to the emergency room, there are situations where you go to mm-hmm. the emergency room. This is not one of those situations, in my opinion, unless, of course, it's do or die, like life-saving kind of thing, and you're trying to tap into mm-hmm. that. But other than that, um, we are a society myself included, that you have to continually remind yourself that just because we have these immediacies of we order food and it comes to our house, like within 30 minutes, 
we have something and within 24 hours, it's delivered on our doorstep. That doesn't necessarily mean the same thing translates to our spirit, our soul, mm-hmm. and our emotional experiences. We need to work through the process of it. Sure. And a lot of people won't like what I'm going to say, but there are no psychic emergencies. I'm sorry, there isn't. You know, if you want to call me because you're suicidal, I'm not the person you need to be talking to. You need to be talking to an expert and getting help immediately. I can't do that for you. Can I call 911 once you try to give me the information? Which, you know, so realistically in this whole situation, there really are no psychic emergencies, even with the past loved ones. Again, you mourn a little bit, let them mourn and transfer a little bit, and then let's have a good conversation. If you have questions as you're mourning, write them down. You know, I tell people to write down questions a lot. And then when we talk, do you still want to ask that question? Have they come to you already? Have you got that question answered? You know, let's have a really good conversation, connect strongly, um, and let's do that. So, again, people don't like when you say there's no psychic emergencies, but there isn't. So, you know. Yeah, no, there really isn't. The only reason I mentioned it is because I found myself in that situation where usually if you're in that situation, like you feel you need to talk to somebody right now and you need to have an answer, you kind of already know the answer. For example, you were going through a breakup and you're like, is he going to call me back? Is she going to call me back? Um, I feel like they're my soulmate. Well, you're asking that question then probably because they're not, (laughs) or you're trying to make something work that is Mm -hmm. not for you and for your best and highest good. And so like you mentioned, (laughs) there's not a psychic emergency, but you feel like it is because you're going through a situation that you're trying to control or get the answer you want. So in which case, mm-hmm. and if somebody is going to pick up the phone and take your money and you're okay with that, then that should be fine. Then if that's the exchange you want to make, but know that there are people out there right. that really truly do want to help. And, you know, sometimes we get mm-hmm. the information accurately. Sometimes we don't. It just all depends on the openness on both sides. And again, when we talk relationships, you know, people that, you know, oh, he hasn't talked to me for three days. Okay. Uh, you know. What do you want me to tell you? Does he like you? Sure, he likes you. Maybe he's busy. Maybe, he's, you know, look, I mean, you went out with him once and he hasn't called you in three days, you know, and then you have the ones that will call up and say, so I don't do a lot of relationship questions, as you and your listeners will realize here. So they'll say, oh, uh, I was went on two dates with this guy and he hasn't called me in seven weeks. Is he going to call me? Probably not. Uh, hello, <laughs> you, you don't need a psychic. You know, hello, let's think about this. I'm not going to take your money. So, you know, maybe it's a minute you're going to pay, whatever it is, because you're calling me through a line or whatever. The answer is think about it. If he hasn't called you in seven weeks, then probably not. Do you want to reach out and say hi to him? Sure. What do you got to lose? But if he doesn't respond, you got to move on. That's, you know, that's the thing. So I want something with more meat and substance. So if somebody doesn't call you after one date in three days, don't call me. I'm not that type. And if you want a psychic that does that, do I really believe they're true psychics? I don't. Um, do I believe that's just to take the money? Sure. Sure. Because, you know, we all have our own personal lives and we all operate different. You know, a lot of times being male, and you probably know this, males don't communicate very well. So, you know, if we go on a day and we don't call you the next day, maybe it's because we're just busy or we're watching the football game and didn't think about it. You know, we're different. But again, I want people to use their common sense. And that's the problem a lot of them don't. So when you say, when you find somebody to be a reader for you, a psychic for you, use your common sense (laughs) first. And then go from there. But, you know, if, if I, you know, and I, I have people that have written up the Internet about me because I didn't give them answers they wanted. The other thing you want from an intuitive a psychic reading is you want truth. Look, not everything in life is going to be candy coated and fun and fabulous and fantastic. Life doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So find somebody that is completely honest. An example is people call me up and say, you know, I have this great career. 
um, but I have a new boss. Am I going to get fired? Well, I want to call it firing, but tell me about the changes they're making. Oh, we got all new management and departments are being reduced in size. Okay, well, unfortunately, I think you're going to be part of that reduction. Oh, that's not what I wanted to hear. Click. What am I supposed to tell you? <laughs> you know what do you want me to say? You may, you're yeah, going to get promoted you, to right, and you may or you may not too. Like I'm, like you say, common sense. Like you don't need a psychic to say, well, if your company is going through a rework, you may or may not be a part of that. Now, granted, do you need to know? And if that person then tells you yes, you are, or no, you're not. The fact of the matter is, still plan as if you are. Like that's again common right. sense of. If you're doing, there's no loyalty from a company, right? Um, for you, That's right? No what job you're you're getting paid for a job, and so yeah, so I get it. Um, and I also love the way that you mentioned about how you read for people where you have career, love, friends, family, that whole thing, because a lot of us get stuck in one aspect of what makes us whole, a part of our lives, and with that, then that you're almost covering the entire life real, right? About how people can go through and making sure that you're touching upon a little bit of it. Because sometimes when we're so focused on, for example, career or our love life, we forget about our health or we're forgetting about those other things. And so it's also nice to have somebody kind of tap into that for us in case we're like, okay, well, I always like to ask the question, is there anything else that I haven't asked or that you would like to ask me kind of thing? Because sometimes just like us, mm -hmm. that other person may get another question or an intuitive prompt to ask something that they weren't thinking of before, even if they come with a list of questions. So what kind of things outside of the relationship thing, which you don't do that you love to have people reach out to you for and how can they get a hold of you? So I love people to reach out to me for meeting questions. What I mean by that, I, I love doing meetingship to help people move forward. It's not always good, but I like to help people move through their lives. So, you know, Pretty much anything but relationships are really good for me. You know, again, as you talked about, we go through these whole circles and also be how to get rid of me is that everything that I go through affects everything. You know, if you're not having a good career, you're probably having an unhappy relationship because we bring it home. You know, if you're not making enough money, it affects your fun and your leisure. You may not feel like you're growing because you're stuck in this job. You know, so they all intertwine with each other. So, so again, I ask them too, before I end the conversation, is there anything you haven't asked me that may have come up during this reading? Please let me know. I also always open the door that if you want me to know something, send me an email. Doesn't mean I'm going to be able to answer it, but send me an email. I'm okay with that. And that's just how I work. So how people can get a hold of me is my website is the www.psychicmediumtroy. So psychicmediumtroy.com. Um, and that's the best way to get a hold of me. You can read it more about me, my website. You can Google me. You'll learn a lot about me on Google. And if you click on the schedule, it'll take you to my scheduling uh, calendar. And um, you can pick what type of reading you want and um, and then schedule it. And then we just go from there. Well, thank you so much. And I will say to the listeners that it's very easy to schedule time with Troy, even though um, both of us were sick for a while and then we had some technical difficulties. His online system for booking is great, very flexible. And um, I really appreciate you joining the show and just sharing your insights and your experience. I think that, you know, this is very good messages and things that people needed to hear going into the new year as we progress. And I hope you have a fantastic 2020. You too. And for all your listeners, have a great 2020. And thank you for your time and the interview. And, uh, you know, the best for you and your family. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com.